You're listening to Car Free Midwest. We're a podcast based in Omaha, Nebraska, exploring the stories, barriers, and joys of getting around the Midwest without a car. Our goal is to build a community around more transportation equity and less car dependency. I'm Sarah Johnson. And I'm Joshua LeBure, and this is this Car is Free Midwest. Midwest. Sarah, how Nailed are you? It. Yeah, oh, don't don't ask. Don't ask, Josh. Uh, I'm all right. I'm hanging in. I'm not uh, not freezing my buns off outside. I think it's like negative 12 feels like right now or something bonkers like that. So I'm grateful for a toasty house. So last winter was my first full winter in Omaha. Mm. And it was very mild. And now I'm getting the feel for like what it's actually like to have winter in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to February. I'm like, oh, I have like four feet of snow in my yard that I just keep piling on. <laughs> yeah. And you might for like months and months. Actually, I just saw the um, the Union for Contemporary Arts uh, does this thing where they like take bets on how long till their giant mound of snow melts. And I saw they just posted that. And I was like, oh, no, it's that time of year again where we just watch mountains of ice stay for way too long wild i'm so used to you know coming from denver where the snow melts in a couple days and yeah sunny skies and yeah you're out playing in it if there is snow and here it's just like angry cold yeah it's crazy um but fortunately i don't really have to commute anywhere right now and but it's been hard, you know, it's been hard with uh, the pandemic and not being able to go. Usually in the winter, I would go sit at a coffee shop and see people and I would do my work there and be there editing videos or films or whatever. And then I would be going to the movies and, you know, still doing stuff. But it's hard because, yeah. and I'm sure a lot of people are going through this, but just... um working at home. My wife has to go to her office, so I'm pretty much just home all day by myself and <laughs> trying to stay motivated and trying to keep working is incredibly, incredibly difficult. Yeah, I miss the uh, the proximity to real life humans a lot. Yeah, like I, I knew I was a people person, but then when you really just remove yourself from people, it's rough. Yeah. And so much of the work that I do usually besides like the radio and podcasting, like even that usually involves people, but you know, like I haven't been making films or anything, which I usually have people with me and crews of people with me and, you know, going to the movies is such a huge part of my life and not being in a movie theater for a year, you know, has been, you know, it almost feels like going through a breakup. <laughs> totally. I feel like, um, since we are really close to the one year mark with all of this, uh, pandemic business, it's uh, really starting to, I don't know. It's just, everything feels so weird and so different. This is like the fastest and the slowest year ever. It's just no concept of time for me anymore. I think the most disheartening part for me also is that at the same time, this is happening with the coronavirus and it's been so explicit and in your face. And a lot of us know people who have gotten it and who have died or who have been sick. And, and then I'm relating it to climate change. And one of the things that we always said is like, you know, things will change when it's like right in your face. Right. Mm. And this is right in your face yet. It's also being called a hoax. It's being, it's very disheartening. I don't know. I feel very pessimistic today. <laughs> 
I feel you, man. Yes. I, I saw that I news about that glacier that, that broke and through a dam. Have you heard about this? In, uh, I think briefly I saw something, but yeah, I have not. Yeah. Uh, 200 people are missing in India. A glacier. Great. Like broke off, broke through a dam somehow. I don't know exactly mm. the details. I'm not the news here. I'm not being a journalist right now. I'm just saying I saw a headline and I just immediately was like, you know, this is the climate catastrophe that we were talking about. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if we can change when we can't even like take a virus seriously. It's really difficult to adapt and or mitigate when we can't admit reality. Like it's really, you know, Scott and I have talked a lot about this whole like post-truth era and it sucks. It's like, how can you kind of like even find common ground with folks if we can't even just agree on what is happening? It's, I don't know. It just, it does. It feels very overwhelming and very difficult and um, yeah. It's rough, but I, I do think that, you know, you and I, and gratefully a, a large handful, uh, hopefully lots of handfuls of folks are realizing that this is severe and urgent. And now is the time for everyone to do whatever they can to address a lot of these issues from climate, racism. Like there's just so many huge issues that we've ignored for too long, hoping, you know, out of sight, out of mind, if it doesn't affect you, then don't worry about it. And it's like, guess what? It affects all of us, whether or not you want to admit it, it affects us all. And we all need to do something about it like yesterday, but today's the next best day. Speaking of doing something about it, since the last time we recorded, you have announced you're running for city council. I did do that, didn't I? Whoops. Yeah, that, uh, (laughs) That's a doozy. I don't even, yeah, I've like not slept a whole lot since then. Um, Yeah, on the 6th of February, just a few days ago, apparently, again, the what is time, uh, I launched the website and yeah, announced just kind of, I mean, I'm still collecting signatures, um, but yeah, it's been a wild ride. Super grateful for the overwhelming support so far. and just realizing like, wow, I got myself into something wacky here. This is just going to be all consuming for a few months and probably, I'm not going to say probably won't result in the win. It's just tough when my opponent is not a bad guy. I mean, that's great. Actually, Pete Festerson, if you're listening, which you're probably not appreciate a lot of what you've done. Uh, but yeah, he also has like over a hundred grand in the bank and I definitely do not. And so um hoping to outwork him, see what happens. I don't know. It's just, I'm restless and I want change. And I ran out of excuses uh, as to why I shouldn't do it. and couldn't find anyone else that was able or willing or had the capacity or time. And uh, so, yeah, here, here we go. Yeah. What made you want to, I guess you just said what made you want to do it. And I think if people listen to the podcast, most, a lot of people know you and they know why you want to do it. All of the things that I've been talking about for a decade, plus the inspiration from women running for mayor and literally every other city council seat. Um, And my husband, the spreadsheet nerd, has been looking back and historically there, this has never happened. Um, There in 1981, Omaha had a woman run for every city council seat, but not the mayor as well. And so this is, um, that was part of, part of the impetus was like, all right, if it's just like no one is running in district one, 
that's a progressive woman, but every other district had someone that I was excited to vote for, except for my own district. That was like, it just wasn't okay with me. So sometimes, you know, it's not the fun or easy thing to do, but I don't know. Rarely is progress made by just being complacent. Yeah, I keep trying to change things by doing nothing, but it's just not happening. Somehow that doesn't work, which is unfortunate because it'd be really nice to just be like, I work part time for mode shift and that's enough. But ugh, yeah, just I felt like I'd regret it if I didn't do it. And I felt like, yeah, I just couldn't wait around any longer because time is of the essence. We're like less than two months from the primary now. Um, so everybody vote for whoever don't you don't have to vote for me, but vote for somebody. Um, the primary is April 6th. And then the general is May 11th. And actually vote by mail, which hopefully a lot of us are doing, starts um, towards the end of March, I believe March 22nd. Yeah, I'm we'll, I'm sure we'll be diving into that more and more as we record. But, um, but today we're going to keep this short because you had a long day. And I think that that's okay because you got to prioritize some rest. And we have a great interview today with Marissa. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, totally. Um, I actually, you know, we always pretty much in every episode, we say, hey, if there's anybody that you know that we should talk to, send them our way. And gratefully, uh, my buddy Justin reached out and said, oh, you should talk to my friend Marissa. She's pretty interesting. She unfortunately had um, an incident where she was hit by a car while riding a B-cycle bike. Uh, so talk to her about the crash. Talk to her about how she gets around. She is car free. Um, so reached out to her and she was gracious enough to agree to join us and talk about her experience. I didn't want to like re-traumatize her by having her tell us about it again, but um, she gratefully was able to. And yeah, just super grateful that she's okay. First of all, it was not, not a good situation. Hit and runs are just a special kind of infuriating for me. It's like just utter disregard of human life. Uh, really, really special. Um, but luckily someone found her on the side of the road and got to the hospital and yeah, scary, but interesting story to hear. Well, with that, let's get into our interview with Marissa. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, uh, have been living in Omaha for five years now and, uh, I've been car free here in Omaha for almost two years. I mostly walk places. I bike a lot of places, of course. Um, uh, and I take the bus a lot. Truly multimodal. That is, that's yeah. A, that's <laughs> it's cool when Definitely. you can use it as like an actual network and, you know, figure out what works best for you on any given trip. So that's, that's always fun to talk to folks who use all sorts of modes. Right. It gives me options. Yeah. Um, so what, um, you, you live kind of midtownish, or, and where do you usually, like, what do some of your trips look like? Um, yeah, so I live, uh, in the Dewey Park neighborhood, more specifically. Um, I go, so I work off of Saddle Creek. Um, so a lot of times I'll take the 15, which is, uh, you know, right off Farnham Street, um, will take me to 50th and Center. Um, I have the 11 that's close by, so that's another option. Uh, biking, I can bike to like, I can use the bike share to like UNMC, uh, but that is a longer walk and yeah, walking by that Baker's is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
whole corridor on Saddle Creek is like frightening to walk along. You just like oh. don't have sidewalks under that super fun bridge under Dodge. That's super sketchy. You know, I actually walked over that bridge for the very first time and it was, I didn't realize that it was all metal. I thought it would change, you know, after the uphill part of it. No, it's all metal. It was so slick. I, I mean, I walked very slow. I'm sure it looked hilarious, like watching watching me inch across that whole bridge but better uh, safe you know yeah better better silly than sorry I didn't well I didn't want to run across the icy street with traffic you know with yeah yeah. reasonable (laughs) for sure and so not to break go ahead go ahead no you go (laughs) oh I was just gonna say there are two collision centers at auto body centers at that intersection now if that says anything yeah, go figure. Gosh, that's quite telling, isn't it? Um, speaking of collisions, I don't want to like, I didn't really ask you specifically if we could talk about the the crash that you were involved in, but I did oh, see that, that. that photograph and holy moly, I'm super glad you're okay <laughs> and alive to tell us the story. But do you, yeah, if you could kind of tell us what happened, uh, I think. Well, and the, all the injuries you can see were the like, the smallest part of it. (laughs) Um, I, I broke, uh, my collarbone in two places. Um, I had a fracture on my left rib. Um, I did have fractures in my face, uh, on my, uh, like inner sinus bone. Um, and then on my eye, but oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a wild experience. And that was actually really close by to that intersection, 50th and Farnham. So, oh, and so you were on a bike or what kind of set us up with what was, where um, were you headed? What was happening? Okay. Um, uh, early in the morning on a Saturday around eight or eight 30, I was doing my normal routine. Uh, it was every Saturday in the park at the Memorial Rose garden. They had yoga. So uh, I normally would, uh, it was a normal day. I check out the Heartland B cycle. There's a station just across the street, uh, at mutual of Omaha. Um, and there's usually not too many cars out. So I'll take Farnham basically, you know, most of the way there. Uh, well, no, I will cut off to Douglas to cross over Saddle Creek. Um, that's usually a little bit safer, but, um, not many cars out that morning. Uh, I actually don't remember getting to the intersection of 50th and Farnham. Um, I remember a couple of blocks before there used to be community gardens at this intersection. Uh, I believe it's 48th. Um, but they turned it into apartments and there was construction. Uh, and I remember looking at that, you know, I've been watching this construction over the course of the summer, every Saturday morning on this bike ride. Um, don't remember getting to the intersection. Uh, I didn't really regain conscious until I remember hearing people like speaking to me after the accident happened. Uh, I remember people speaking to me during the ambulance ride. Um, I remember getting to the emergency room, but I really didn't like regain my full awareness until I was going from the emergency room up into 
like the regular room that I was going to, I stayed overnight. So uh, yeah, interesting to kind of like, just know what I've heard to the situation. But uh, I met the person who found me after the accident. Um, uh, that was a really interesting conversation. So to hear just the other perspective on like, how she found me. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be horrifying. So um, yeah, just because I don't think we've said the words, Marissa was riding a Heartland B-cycle and got hit by a car. And the car yes. driver <laughs> left the scene, right? Like it was a hit Correct. and run, right? God, that yeah. Um, yeah, so the person who I talked to, um, they were the first person. So uh, where I was, um, they told me that I was laying on the ground. The bike was laying on the ground right in the middle of the street on the south end of 50th and Farnham. And uh, she came to the stoplight and she thought that I was like car parts or something. You know, she only saw the bike. Uh, she thought it was car parts. And then she saw, you know, uh, like someone moving. I was awake. I was conscious. Um, I was talking to her. <laughs> she told me. It was a red light right next to me sitting at that red light was a van. She told me, uh, she said the driver of the van didn't even seem like they noticed I was there, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, there was a car that pulled up behind them. Uh, it was an elderly couple. Um, they were the one they stopped and parked in this little lot right on that corner of the apartment lot. Um, they called the police. Uh, they didn't come over to check on me, though. They just called the police from the other side of the street. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, interesting. The whole story is just so wild. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're excited to hear all about it. Because, yeah, it's just, I mean, so unfortunate in so many ways. But, you know, your heart breaks anytime you hear about a hit and run. It's like, we're all humans, you know? Like, why is that a complicated Ugh, situation. Yeah. Well, and I didn't even think about that aspect of it as much as other people did. You know, that, that part came later, like later on that I thought about, I wasn't shocked people. I think, <laughs> yeah. 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 So you said you had a broken clavicle and all sorts of other bruises and breaks and wow. How, what was that? Um, did I guess my other kind of question is how did that go? It's just like a weird technical question, but I'm curious, how did that go with Heartland B-Cycle? Was there any, since you were on their rented equipment, did that, how did that factor in? <laughs> oh, the funny thing, like, uh, let's see, uh, how did that play out? I feel like, yeah, I didn't hear my, <laughs> that's kind of funny. I remember checking my phone the next day in the hospital bed. <laughs> Damn. And I opened up the B cycle app and it still showed that I had the bike checked out. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave them a phone call. Yikes. Hi, I'm in the hospital. I don't yeah. actually have your bike right now. <laughs> yeah. Hi, can you not charge me this for this? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's hilarious. Thinking back to that. I forgot about that until now. I'm glad uh, you're able to laugh and I'm not just like breaking <laughs> your heart all over yeah, again. No. Well, okay. So the, um, who was it? Uh, I can't remember if it's like the director or someone Benny? did reach out. Uh, yes. Benny, Benny reached yeah. out to me. He's uh, awesome. Yeah. He seemed really great. Um, 
uh, that was my first interaction with him, <laughs> was yeah. him calling me. So he had heard about it. Uh, well, yeah. and I know uh, Mark V, who works there, he was yeah, the yeah. One, he was a technician that picked up the bike. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Omaha is a small city. Um, <laughs> Especially if you're on two wheels, we all kind of know each other. I think. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, Benny reached out to me uh, and checked in on me. Uh, and he told me, so I asked him like, so what was like, what was the scene like when, you know, the technician got there? I didn't know it was Mark at the time, but mm-hmm. uh uh, he's like, yeah, they said the bike seemed fine. <laughs> Those things like, kind of, yeah, they're tanks. things are tanks. Like. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hefty um, equipment. Yeah, uh, but he checked in on me and, you know, uh, oh, if there's anything you need, let me know. And so, yeah, you know, wild to hear about, you know, anyone, like you said, in the bike community hearing about it is mm-hmm. <laughs> wild. Yeah. It's like, you know, every time you read about a crash, it's like, oh my God, who was it? Because like so many times it's a familiar name, you know? And it's just right. like when one of our own goes down, it's horrifying and ugh. yeah. I, I well, and just especially to know so many people like in this connection, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Omaha is a small town with a lot of people. And if you ride bikes, that's actually something that we've joked about before on the podcast. Josh was saying, oh yeah, I, you know, we were riding one time and there was this guy on this cool green Richie. And I was like, oh, that's Nick. I know who that, you know, like it's, it's silly that there are gratefully more and more of us out there. You know, I'm super jazzed to meet you. Like I didn't know you before. So, but obviously yeah, totally. connections through the community, but um. Yeah, Justin, actually, I want to give a little shout out to Justin for sending um, your name our way. Well, that's like another connection. Like the woman who found me after my accident, she is friends with my boss who owns the, you know, the workplace, the job that I work at, uh, whose brothers with Justin. It's like so interconnected. Yeah. Well, and she's. Yeah, it's so wild. <laughs> totally. And so, Marissa, when did this, uh, when did the crash happen? Um, it happened September 19th of last year. Last year. Okay, cool. Yes. And so, I guess we're kind of curious, how has that crash affected your kind of confidence on a bike and or your willingness to get back on and ride? Um, well, uh, because it's in the past, I can admit it now. Uh, I probably got back on a bike too soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, um, I, I did wait. I can't remember how long I waited before getting back onto a bike. Um, I don't feel like it, I don't feel like it shook my confidence on a bike. Um, definitely made me more cautious of cars for sure. Um, but, uh, I definitely see, I would take probably slower routes, like, you know, just more side street routes, uh, uh, more easygoing trips, I guess. I definitely ease back into it, but maybe a little too soon. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I appreciate your get up and go-ness about it. Um, do you, like, again, going back to the day of the crash, sorry, it's just going to be a traumatic, traumatic day no, for you. Okay. Um, do you have any sense of like how that happened? Were you hit from behind? Did somebody run a light and T-bone you? Like, do you have any recollection? I know you, you said you kind of don't have much memory going up to that intersection, but 
any clues on how the crash happened? No, no idea. Um, well, the no idea. The weird part is, so the person who found me, who physically saw me, you know, the bike was in the street. I was in the street. The police came and questioned me in the emergency room. And they said that they found the bike by a bush. They said that they, so they made the assumption that I had hit, there was a pole, uh, there's like a light pole. And I think it, uh, yeah, I think it's a light pole or it's a, there might be a sign on it too, but some sort of pole. They said that I hit, they assumed that I hit that. Like they said to me, they're like, are you sure you didn't just hit the pole? <laughs> Oh my <laughs> God. How nice to be the old, the old victim blaming game. That's always my favorite. Oh, what a bunch of mm, my tongue on that one, but wow. I'm sorry to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. They said that I hit the pole and that the bike was up on the curb somewhere. Um, but the person who found me said otherwise. So bizarre. That sucks. I, yeah, yeah I won't, I won't talk. I, to I, you know, I've taken that bike ride again the same way and like you know no memory comes back or anything it's yeah yeah well then we'll, we'll we can stop talking about the crash anyway it's, i guess yeah. i'm uh we're also just kind of curious about like why do you use a bike and walk and multimodal transportation is it can you explain kind of what pushes you to use that instead of a car uh going car free has been something i've thought about for a long time but Omaha, as we all know, is not set up, you know, it's built around cars. So yeah, uh, it was when, let's see. Uh, so I've lived in Omaha five years um, and kind of living around this neighborhood for, uh, you know, uh, three of those years. Um, I used to live closer to Hanscom Park. Uh, and at that time, it was like the end of spring my car broke down on me. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, something with the transmission. I'm not paying to fix it because it's not worth it. Right. Um, so I was like, all right, it's like nice weather out. We'll give this a try. And truly, when I when I started off, you know, I was like, okay, I'll look into the bus system, look into the bike share. Uh, I was like, I'll probably go back to a car in the winter time. You know, I did have the funds to, you know, I could put down payment for another car, but I was like, we'll give it a go first. And after starting to do it, I'm, I like never want to own a car again. <laughs> awesome. I love oh. hearing that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, you said you moved to Omaha maybe five years ago. Where, where did you move from? And was, what was the bike culture like? comparatively from where you were to where you are now. So I came directly from Fremont, which is my hometown. Cool. Uh, and Fremont, uh, I mean, you can, I mean, I grew up biking all around there. You just bike wherever. I don't know. It's much slower moving. I don't flatter. know. Yeah. Flatter. But I also grew up there. So it's like, I'm comfortable anywhere, you know, riding my bike. We know you are a card-carrying Mode Shift Omaha member, um, and I'm just wondering <laughs> if you could tell us a little bit about how you first became aware of the org and what drew you to become a member. Ooh, yeah, how did, I'm not sure if I can remember how I, probably just from, you know, using public transportation and digging into it, I 
you know, just through the internet, I probably found you that's you guys that way. Cool. Um, uh, I, yeah, I joined, I haven't really been as involved, um, but for transportation, you know, using the bus system here, Oh, I started using it and I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> to put it lightly, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I made it an intention last year to go to as many of the board meetings as possible just to get an understanding for myself to see, you know, what do they talk about each month? What 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 happens here? What goes yeah. on here? <laughs> That's great. Has it been pretty informative? It's I been it's been insightful. Uh, the number one thing on the agenda is the budget always. Yep. Uh, yep. I fully underfunded. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, you know, I never actually looked at their budget numbers until this last, like, uh, this last summer, uh, a local group, Omaha abolition research group put out some information about the city of Omaha's budget. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I myself dug into public transportation a little bit more. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, how how do they do this? <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh, how do they do this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what, Marissa? I'm just thinking we just had a um, a meeting with some mode shift kind of like exec board folks the other day trying to figure out um, we have a lot of interest in the CIP, the Capital Improvement Program. I don't know if you're familiar with that document. It's attached to the budget. And we are hoping to do a little bit deeper dive and making it more accessible and understandable because right now, oof, that's a, it's a doozy of a document. Um, yeah, kind of I, I did go through it and like my eyes glazed over by halfway. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> oh my it's a, uh, oof, it's, it's a, uh, yeah. It I don't think it needs be to be that convoluted. Exactly. That's the whole thing with a lot of these, you know, super important. Well, let me back up a little bit because the CIP is only important when they decide they want it to be important. Um, yes. Sometimes, you know, projects show up <laughs> like the protected bike lane on Hardy Street that we've been advocating for forever. It was yeah. in the CIP momentarily and got yanked out without any discussion. Um, so I don't, I guess I don't want to put too much importance in the CIP when we know that it's just a plan and plans can change, but we are looking um, to kind of dig into that and make it a little bit more digestible so that the people that affect, are affected by it are able to kind of see how that process goes. Mm -hmm. So I might, um, in addition to being excited about uh, reading what you're putting together from the Metro stuff. Anyway, short story, I'm going to, I'm going to rope you into mode shift a little bit more. <laughs> I'm excited for <laughs> just new perspectives and passion and people who really use the system in all sorts. I mean, that's, that's exactly who we're growing the ranks of mode shift. We're starting to get, um, you know, the word out a little bit more and more and getting some more membership and uh, passionate folks. It's like, we just need the, I feel like the city likes to kind of ignore the nerds and the people that are passionate <laughs> about this stuff but it's like yes. let's link arms link arms and walk together with the nerds because the people that are passionate you know like we've we've because, researched this stuff all the time yeah well be, i think it's because you can't put a number value on it they can't see beyond a number they don't see the value like we see the value <laughs> Yeah, it's tough because <laughs> even when we have the data, you know, because we know that they like numbers. And so we have data that shows like 
okay, we know that we need slower speeds on the roads because as speed increases, so does the severity of the injury. You know, we have They're those looking data at points. those numbers from a different perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, from a completely, so just thinking, I Omaha Metro board had a meeting yesterday and one of the board members, Daniel Lossie, yeah. had talked about uh, their percentages in, um, like service interruptions. Uh, and you know, the manager was, oh, we're only at blah, blah, blah percent. And like, yes, we're only at this low percentage, but that low percentage means a lot to these individuals. Yes. The impact from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel's, I've known Daniel for a lot of years and he has a lot of good ideas. I'm glad he's a part of that board, but yeah, it's just, it's always interesting to try to remind folks of the human factor of all of this, (laughs) you know, it's like, (laughs) let's numbers are good, but people are better. And that's what we need to really be focusing on is like accommodating the vulnerable and the most marginalized communities who rely on these services the most. Right. It's just tough. All right. Um, oh, I guess I just had a question. Do you own a bike or do you just use B-Cycle? Um, I own two bikes. Uh, they've been extremely neglected, <laughs> uh, especially since I started using the bike share. Uh, yeah, they've been neglected. <laughs> I own bikes. <laughs> I mean, if, cause you do, you, when you, so you take the B-Cycle, do you always choose the electric one? Oh, yes. Um, Well, there's, I have three B-cycle stations within like five minutes walking distance. And there's, oh, I mean, I'm right here in Midtown. Uh, You know, I was fortunate enough to find affordable housing in this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, there's always electric ones, always at least one within the three. And if not, I'll take like one of the classic ones to Blackstone to another one and swap it out. <laughs> yeah. How, how has have to go away. So I'll swap it out. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. How I just am wondering is, is B-Cycle the first experience you've had with an electric bike? Yes. Game changers, huh? Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, have been riding an electric bike for health reasons for the last several years. I'm finally feeling good enough. I might get back to analog here and there, but just such a difference. Like I used to have oh a bike shop God. in Benson and watching people come back from test rides on e-bikes, just literally giggling <laughs> was like my favorite yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can just get so much further. So like, oh, it's so fun. They're so yeah. fun. Yeah, <laughs> totally. What do you think the biggest benefit to you is with an electric bike compared to an analog? For me, it's just uh, being able to go further distances, probably, um, to have, I mean, I have limited energy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just super excited to hear (laughs) that you're like at the board meetings, telling them what you want. I I'm proud of you. I'll just say that that's people like you that are actually like figuring out how to be impactful and showing up at these meetings and making sure that people know that we're paying attention and deserve more. So I, I just want to high five you from afar for your, your work there. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was the first time speaking to the board. Um, uh, I'm like I'm like a slow build kind of person. I spent the whole last year just attending the meetings. They've noticed me there. You know, they've said hi. Uh, uh, 
uh, and this is the first time they heard me speak. Uh, first of many, I told them. So. Excellent. I love it. That's so good. <laughs> it's going to be a, an interesting year. Yeah, <laughs> it should be. It should be. I think what 2020 showed a lot of us is that like, you know, you can't rest on your laurels at all. You know, like we have to be consistently and yeah, just constantly paying attention and asking for more and making sure folks know that we're watching. Well, not, not only holding people accountable, um, we can talk about things all day long, but it's, you know, we have to start somewhere, ride the bus <laughs> four times a month. Even if you don't hit those four times, if you only ride the bus, ride the bus one time that month, that was one more time than any other, you know, it's, Little habits, steps. Mm -hmm. habits, not ideas are the programming language of human beings. Uh, so simple. Awesome. That's, I mean, so brilliant though, too, you know, that's, yeah, that's a good, good point. I think we probably, um, Josh, you feeling okay? Josh doesn't feel good today. Listeners, oh. if you're wondering where Josh is, he's, he's behind the scenes, just nodding and sneezing. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I just want to say thanks a bunch, Marissa. It's super fun to to meet you virtually, and I'm excited yes. to to see you at more meetings and just keep in touch as far as what you're doing with all of the modes. I'm, it's always so fun to talk with folks who actually walk and ride and take transit. It's you're like the the poster child for mode shift it's awesome and car free midwest yeah it's awesome and yeah, you said you yeah. don't at this point and like i think i heard you say earlier you don't plan on ever getting a car for as long as you can hold out right oh yeah uh been car free for two years and yeah i don't plan to ever own a car nope i just can't put that back onto myself oh it sounds so painful <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> On so many levels, in so many ways. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think that's a perfect way to, to wrap it up. That's super cool. Yeah, I'm just so thankful for Marissa for coming on and talking about that. You know, anytime somebody can share their story and, and survive these horrific, you know, stories you know i think it's important to get it out there because if you ever spend any time after an accident or something like that or if somebody you know unfortunately dies on a bicycle if you ever take the time to read the comments on those posts you will see that a lot of times cyclists are not humanized so i think getting the stories out there of these are real human beings um it's just important you know so i'm just thankful that you know uh, Marissa was able to come on and, and share their story. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it hopefully will make folks think twice when they're like, feel like they're in such a hurry that they have to speed by someone on a bike. It's like, okay, just take the extra two seconds and don't ruin someone's day, week, life. You know, she said she was kind of like waiting for a sign to go car free. She was kind of like car free curious, if you will. And then as what happens with so many of us. I mean, actually, that's that's something I don't know that I've specifically talked about. The, I've been car-free a few times, but the last time I sold my car, it was because it wasn't starting. And the mechanic was like, well, you have to drive it more. You have to start it more. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. I guess bye-bye car, you know? And it was kind of a similar thing with her. She didn't want to have to pay to get it fixed again and just decided to go rely on mostly Heartland B-Cycle. Can't 
can't say enough good things about Heartland B-Cycle with their electric fleet. That's really just totally a game changer for folks in Omaha um, and really empowered her to ditch her car. She does own her own bikes, you mentioned, but um, definitely once you get a little taste of the electric bike situation, it's hard to go back to analog, especially for transportation. Yeah, and e-bikes are still... I'm sure the prices will come down, but right now they're still pretty spendy. I would argue they're worth it, but it's cool when, you know, B-Cycle makes it so much more accessible. Yeah. No, I think it was, um, I just liked her attitude overall. She was like smiley and happy and just like a fun, yeah, she was just, I'm happy to have met her. Um, she's also, I was, I think she's rad because she's going to like Metro, uh, you know, Metro Area Transit, um, board meetings and paying attention to what's happening there. So I always, I always think that's exciting when, um, you see something that you don't necessarily like, you start figuring out who makes the decisions, you get into the room where they're making the decisions, you listen to them and then you hold them accountable. So, uh, thank you, Marissa for doing that. And I'm excited to kind of, um, see how that can affect your relationship with mode shift too, because we have kind of a transit team. So I'm, she's just, she's like the ideal mode shifter car free relies on walking, biking and transit. So, uh, excited to kind of continue to get to know her and see what kind of work she's up for with mode shift as well. Yay. Well, that does it for this episode of Car Free Midwest. We'll be here every other week, though, with interviews, topics, and documentary pieces covering all things transportation. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Car Free Midwest or visit us at carfreemidwest.com. So subscribe to Car Free Midwest wherever you listen to podcasts and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash carfreemidwest. This podcast is a production of Figure Podcasts. Visit figurepodcasts.com. With support from ModeShift Omaha. Become a member today, modeshiftomaha.org. And reach out to us if you know people that are car-free in Omaha or in the greater Midwest that might want to come on the show and talk about it. I mean, don't just tell us you know someone. Just, you know, if you think they'll be good on the show. You could also just tell us if you know someone, but ideally then tell them that they should be on the show. Exactly. Perfect. (laughs) Or maybe you are yourself. Tell us about yourself.